נכון. everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. After a one-week hiatus, we are back with another episode as our resident aquatic experts Alan and Byron Wang brought a couple fellow swimmers on the show as they interviewed two members of the UBC Water Polo Club, Taylor Goldblatt and Amelia Milne. They discussed how the club has adjusted, how it operates due to the pandemic, their personal journeys within the sport, and they also shared some advice for those who are interested in the sport of water polo. Elsewhere, the Thunderbirds swim teams were able to get in a little action, and we took a look back at one of UEC's finest multi-sport athletes for our alum of the week. But first, here's Alan and Byron's interview with Taylor and Amelia. Hello, everyone. My name is Alan Wang, and joined with me today is my twin brother, Byron Wang, and you're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM. Today, we'll be taking a look into the sport of water polo, where joining us today is Amelia Milne, an individual who played with the Burlingame Aquatic Club in California and who actually plays goalie on the UBC men's water polo team and who back in October of 2016 was named the goalie of the weekend in the men's collegiate water polo league and the UBC athlete of the month in the same month. And Taylor Goldblatt, a former swimmer with the Vancouver Pacific Swim Club, the treasurer of the UBC water polo club and former gold medalist in the 100 meter free and bronze medalist in the 50 meter freestyle in the double A's long course competition at Richmond in 2017. Welcome to the show and thank you both for coming. Thank you, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. All right, so a very simplified rundown of what the sport of water polo is, is that it's a sport where two teams, each consisting of six players and a goalie, try to score as many points as they can in the opposing team's net within a time frame of four quarters. It's kind of similar to soccer, except you replace the field with a pool, and you have to move the ball with your hands rather than with your feet. So we're going to get to the questions now. Getting to know the water polo club a little bit more, would either of you care to take us through what a normal practice consists of? Yeah, you want to take that, Taylor? Yeah, sure. I'm, I guess normally, I think that our practices kind of start with warming up, getting ready for swimming. Everyone kind of swims on their own for a little bit. And then we do a group warm up where we'll swim uh, some different drills, some sprints. So everyone's getting ready, ready for some swimming. Uh, then we'll do some passing, gets everyone's arm warmed up, and then I guess we'll get into the real practice after warm up, where we do shots, we'll do some drills, and usually at the end we'll start. Uh, at the end we'll have like a nice scrimmage between the team, something to accommodate everyone, so we can all get some water polo in at the end of practice. And that's about what a normal practice looks like. Uh, maybe not right now, but uh, it's, it's changed a little bit. But that's kind of the general, uh, you know, look of our practices. Right. And Amelia, since you do play the goalie, does your practice schedule differ from that at all? Uh, no, I, I pretty much joined them the whole practice. 
Um, I'm just in the cage for all, all the drills. So I guess the drills more or less look the same to me because I'm just getting shot at. Um, <laughs> but it's still, I guess, uh, like following different swimming patterns and things like that. Mm -hmm. All right. And water polo is a sport that many people aren't aware of, but would definitely try if they're given the chance. So is the water polo club looking to expand its members? And if so, how are you planning on doing that? Uh, yeah, I think we're always looking for new members. We're really accommodating to people who have never played before. Uh, we have like a really wide range of skill levels. So we have experts who are always really happy to teach new people how to play. Um, but yeah, you can literally just come to a practice, like look on our Facebook page, message us, anything. Yeah, I guess. And how we're planning on expanding the club. Um, I guess right now it's kind of hard because we're not practicing, but we always have booths at club days and we're always telling our friends to join us and everyone we meet, we're always trying to raise the hype around water polo. Right. And with this current COVID situation, obviously things are quite different from um, what the current season currently being suspended due to the guidelines put in place. And before this interview, Dante, the president of the water polo club, actually mentioned that you guys had a quote, interesting take on the sport back in the fall. Would any of you know and would like to explain what that kind of is? Uh, I, I, think, I think what we're going at there is that right now we're playing, we're, I, I, we're trying our best to play like socially distanced water polo, which is, it's quite different than how we would normally play because it kind of uh, backs off on the whole defensive side of water polo. So uh, I think right now, a lot of the, the drills and the games that we're playing are really different than normal water polo, but it's it's really interesting because it, uh, by taking away the defense, it really allows us to work on our skills and the fundamentals of the game. And it's something that we really wouldn't be able to work on normally because we're so focused on uh, game planning and working towards uh, playing games. So uh, this pandemic's really kind of changed the way that we've run practices, but it's uh, given us a really different opportunity to, you know, work on the aspects of water polo that we wouldn't normally get to work on in a normal season. Yeah, I think uh, in a normal season, everyone's always really eager to get to scrimmages, but um, with COVID, we can't really do scrimmages anymore. So we, I guess we've become more creative with like doing different types of drills, which have turned out to be really fun. Right. And by like socially distanced water polo, so you're not playing scrimmages, you're just mainly doing drills sort of because uh when you first said like socially distance water polo i was thinking of like games where you just you can't get up close to the person you're defending and you're just basically taking shots at each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah we haven't i don't other practices i've been at we haven't done scrimmages just because i feel like it's really hard to defend if you're you can't touch a person like that's the main defense like how do you you know otherwise it just turns into a bunch of shot blockers Oh, yeah. that's a totally yeah, fair they're point. swimming down the pool like they can't you know no one can stop you because no one can get close <laughs> yeah. to you. and amelia i believe you started with baseball before your transition to water polo back in high school and taylor you've been a competitive swimmer dating back all the way i believe to 2011 so how did you end up choosing to pursue the sport of water polo amelia would you like to start off uh sure yeah it was it was pretty random um i was just in my freshman year of high school and 
water polo was an option to start playing in the fall. I, I thought it was like volleyball. I was very wrong when I showed up to the first practice, um, but it was a fun sport and I ended up um, being really good at it because I'd, play, I'd played softball my whole life. So I had a strong arm and being in a pool with like mostly swimmers who didn't have the same like arm strength, like I ended up playing goalie and I ended up really liking it. Yeah. And Taylor, how about you? What is your origin story? Uh, you know, being a competitive swimmer, I, I, re I really like swimming. I love being in the pools. So when I had the opportunity, uh, it was at UBC kind of when I really started getting into water polo. I wanted to continue a sport where I could be in the water and not swim, but I didn't really want to competitive like swim anymore because that wasn't as fun for me anymore. So I thought that water polo would be a great uh, transition towards like a team sport that's a lot more social. And the people here at uh, UBC water polo have been great. And I've that's kind of really where my love for water polo has grown. Uh, being able to have a team sport in the water that's uh, still the swimming that I love doing, but it's, it's, it's different in a way, and I really like it too. Right, and it's pretty well known that water polo can get really aggressive and physical. Do you ever wish that the sport wasn't so physically demanding, or are you just always excited to get out in the pool and wreak some havoc? Taylor, would you like to start this one? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh... You know, there are definitely times when I wish that, you know, I was, I was, it was a little less, uh, you know, physical. I, I feel sometimes when, especially when I'm guarding people that are, you know, bigger and stronger than me, I'm getting thrown around in the pool. It's, it's not that fun, but sometimes, you know, especially out in practices when you're out there, you know, pushing your friends around, it's, it's really fun. And it's, it's a great way to, you know, take out some anger. Sometimes if you're having a bad day or if you're, you know, have a friendly rivalry with someone, you're really, you're really trying to push them around show your strength around I think it's I think it's really it's really fun and you know getting out there like you said wreaking havoc in the pool it's it's really fun yeah and Amelia would you like to answer now <laughs> oh yeah um so yeah I, I feel similar like there are definitely times when I wish like oh I wish I could just like stay up for a bit longer because like playing goalie like you kind of have to get out of the water when someone's about to shoot and when someone's like faking forever, you're like, ah, oh, I can't stay up here forever. Like, um, so there are definitely times when I wish that strength was a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy just like getting in the cage and being like, this is my cage. No one's going to score on me. Like, got to be good to get past me, you know, like just um, getting really competitive is really fun for me with, with water polo and um trying to you know, challenge the people that are shooting on me that's a great mindset for a goalie <laughs> yeah I think competitive mindset is definitely like the one that you need to be like successful in the sport so with your many years in the sport there's bound to be days where the practices are nice and relaxing and then there's other days where the practices are just straight out brutal so off the top of your head what has been the toughest practice that you've ever had Amelia, do you want to start for this one? Uh, yeah, I guess um, like physically the toughest practice was probably um, one last term um, in COVID times. Um, and it was, we were just doing like, uh, like bullet drills. Um, so people would just, there would be one person and they would go at the five meter mark and they would just continuously shoot balls 
for until like the shaggers could not couldn't keep up with supplying them with balls. Um, so I would get pretty much like 20 shots in a row and it, that was like so hard and it just like balls just kept coming and um, yeah so that was and after that I, I think I pulled a few muscles. I had to stop my famutes for a bit. Um, yeah. take a few days break after that (laughs) (laughs) and how about you Taylor do you have like a toughest practice that comes to mind yeah I I think the one that I can think of is that sometimes we play with some of the senior water polo like the adult team that also plays out at UBC and the way they works is that their season is kind of more summer-based and we're more during the school year so their peak season season like matches perfectly with my off season so right when I'm getting back into school these guys have just been you know training playing for like four or five months straight and I've not been in the pool for four months so those are usually the hardest practices they're swimming laps around me I'm getting just drowned out there because they're they're stronger they're they're bigger than me They, they know what they're doing and that's it's usually those practices you know I just I just can't keep up with any of them like swimming wise they're they're swimming around me they're they're pushing me around and I think that's probably that's probably the hardest practice um that happens usually maybe like once a year after I haven't been in the pool for like four or five months and it's it's never that fun but it's great to come back off of that Mm -hmm. right I think people like need to like understand that um what makes a practice hard isn't sometimes the physical aspect but also like mentally getting back into things that can also be like one of the most draining things yeah that you know that does make sense and growing growing up in an athletic environment what goals did you have while starting out in the sport of water polo and did you ever expect to be where you are today um taylor you want to start for this one yeah yeah sure um i think with water polo wise I never really expected to, you know, get too far with the sport. I was, after transitioning over from swimming, where I had, you know, quite a bit of success, you know, doing competitive swimming, switching over to water polo, I tried to do this kind of more for fun, more for me, just so I could, uh, you know, enjoy myself at UBC, find find a group uh, that I'm with. And now that I've been here, like, this is, I guess, my third year here at UBC water polo, you know, I never expected to you know, stick it out this far and improve as much as I have in the sport of water polo, you know, get to the point where, you know, I'm, we're playing games against other universities, other other clubs that play water polo. So, uh, you know, it's been great. Like, the, it's been a tough journey, but I, I really enjoyed it. You know, this athletic, I guess, just being out in the pool has, has been a great experience for me. And no, I never really, you know, expected to get here when I when I just happened to switch over to water polo a few years ago. All right, and then how about you, Amelia? Uh, yeah, it's always really just been about fun for me as well. Um, just, um, yeah, just enjoying being in the pool. Like it's a great it's a great workout as well. I don't think I really realized how much, um, how, like how important water polo is to me before um, like practices just stopped um, because I really feel like I'm like craving it now, like getting like getting shots in, like throwing a ball around in the pool. Um, I'm not really sure what it is about it that is, um, it just like hits a sweet spot, you know, it's, I don't, I'm not really sure what it is, but I, I definitely miss it now, now more than ever. And it's, uh, definitely something I'm realizing that it's important to me to, uh, have that type of competitive environment and, 
play with people that keep me on my toes and yeah. And another question for Amelia. So a lot of people consider the goalie position as being the most important as well as the most difficult position to play. And what kind of led to your decision of becoming a goalie? Um, I think that was just where my skills were. I wasn't a competitive swimmer when I started playing. Um, so I, and I, I never really liked swimming that much, honestly. Um, I, I have pretty good hand-eye coordination from water polo. And I like, just like in general, just like tracking the ball. Like that's pretty, that's um, fun. And I think I'm pretty good at it. And yeah, I don't know. I've also, I've also played goalie in soccer and lacrosse, so I'd had a, a bit of a goalie background before stepping into water polo as well. Oh, okay. I wow, that's actually kind of impressive. Um, yeah, and born goalie, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> like one day you just got plopped in the goal, and you're like, "Hey, I can actually do this." Yeah, it's just I think I I have this early memory of like playing soccer. And it was just like this game in the mud and like it was like it was raining. And like I just remember like this girl coming. It was like just her versus me and the soccer goal. And I just remember like sliding up to the ball and like blocking it. And I think from that moment on, I was like, this is so much fun. Like I really like my favorite part of being a goalie is like the one on nobodies where it's just like like me and the goal versus one person. Like, yeah, it's pretty fun. Jeez. And like, I guess it's been pretty nice, right? Can um, transition from soccer to water polo because the net's gotten like a, a, a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to think like you already have a pretty good, I had a pretty good um, understanding of the angles and whatnot before getting in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Taylor, you've certainly had a lot of experience in the pool as a competitive swimmer. So in your opinion, what was the hardest part um, about transitioning from the sport of swimming to water polo? I think a lot of it had to do with just knowing where to be in the pool. The strategies on both offense and defense uh, was, you know, at first really tough to learn. Uh, I think that, you know, my fitness in the pool has always been pretty high. I've always been able to, you know, outswim people, but I've I, at least when I first started, I always found that I was, you know, swimming into other people's ways and, you know, uh, losing my check on defense sometimes. And that's what I, I found that, you know, playing a team sport, switching over, especially switching over from swimming, which is, you know, individual sport, you're just swimming by yourself back and forth, trying to beat your own time. Now playing in a team sport where, you know, people rely on me to uh, play the offense and defenses that, you know, we've set up that we're going to play. I think that's been the biggest challenge, just kind of, you know, my spatial awareness in the pool, understanding where I have to be and what I have to do in, in a team sport setting compared to uh, just swimming back and forth as fast as I can. Right. So, like, there's actually a lot of rules that water polo has. And you didn't play any water polo before coming to UBC? Not, not like, competitively. I would, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew just from, you know, summer swimming, uh, from my, my experience of summer swimming, playing a little bit of water polo there, but before UBC, no, it was never really like competitive like it is now. All right. Right. Mm -hmm. And just a fun question now. Many people don't realize how chaotic a water polo game can get. What's a memorable moment that's always stood out to you? It could be a funny moment, weird, really anything. 
Um, I will, I, I think like something about water polo, um, you know, it gets really chaotic and like, so like the, it, there's kind of like a certain like team rhythm that you kind of develop with the other players. Um, and it's really fun watching that develop. And it's kind of like, sometimes it feel, feels like it's like, like whichever team is winning is kind of like controlling the rhythm and then you kind of want to get it back. And it's all about like, kind of like the tempo of your, of your passes and catches and where you're moving. Um, I guess I can't think of a specific moment, um, but I feel like, yeah, the accumulation of like watching that is, and yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and then um, Taylor, I guess while you're thinking, um, just yeah. a really funny thing while, uh, when Al and I, we were playing water polo, is that when we were like starting off, we were like both terrible at the game. And then there's things that happened like where we would score on our own net by accident because uh, like our defender was just pushing us back into our own net. So I guess that's a pretty embarrassing moment. Yeah, yeah. I was in goalie and I, I had the ball up, right? Cause I was about to pass to one of my, the players. And I was like being pressured and I just moved back into the net and I just heard the ref blow the whistle. I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> All right. I think if I were to answer your question, I think something that people don't realize is that uh, especially during tournaments when there's multiple games going on, uh, it can get really chaotic, especially with whistles. Um, whistles kind of stop the game uh, when there's a foul or there's something else going uh, and if there's multiple games going on at the same time, sometimes the whistle from the game over uh, is gonna, you know, uh, you're gonna hear it from your game. So I, I just remember this one time, like I've done this too, but uh, the whistle in the other game blew and then everyone stopped. Uh, so I just like walked up to the net and shot it. And, you know, that was probably the easiest goal I've ever had in my life. Uh, it, 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 there's, always, there's always stuff like that that's happening. Um, you know, because just because it, it, it's a pretty chaotic sport. So I think that's that's a mo moment that I'm always going to remember, you know, just just a really fun goal that I, that I scored one time in a tournament. <laughs> oh, geez, that's so hype. And then um, <laughs> just our last question here, to share some wisdom before you go, through your years of expertise, what advice would you give to younger athletes starting out in the sport of water polo? Um, would you like to start, Taylor? I think I think a lot of young young people might have you know similar experiences to me just being able to you know knowing how to swim but never have really being uh, never having played water polo before and I think that uh, it's it's it I, I think that you know young players can understand that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of learning to do in this sport but it's uh, if you know how to swim, you, you you have a huge advantage in this sport. And I think that, you know, being able to swim, being able to, you know, have the good fitness in the water, you're going to be, you're going to be an effective player. So I think that, you know, um, just anyone that knows how to swim, you should come give the game a try. It's, it's, it's really fun. You know, the team aspects, the team aspects, great. And uh, that, you know, probably you should try to work on your swimming first and then, everything else comes pretty naturally from there. Okay, that makes sense. Amelia, do you have any advice you'd like to give to the younger athletes? Uh, yeah, I think um, like your value as a player is really uh, your value to the team. Um, you know, like how you, how you help others play their best and um, how you let others help you play your best. Like, I guess like creating opportunities within a game is a big part of winning a game. Um, and yeah, just practice, have fun, 
um, if you want to get good, like, I guess a technical skill, one technical skill that I've realized that's kind of important is like where your hips are in the water, like having good awareness of and uh, good strength in your hips to really like control and like, I guess, um, like having good balance, not letting other people like, like push you off balance. Um, yeah, those are random tips. Okay, sounds good then. Um, and that will actually conclude this interview. Once again, thank you all so much for your time today. This has been Alan Wang and Byron Wang from the CITR Sports Collective, joined with Amelia Milne and Taylor Goldblatt, members of the UBC Water Polo Club. Make sure you check them out on Facebook at UBC Polo. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Liz Wang with the News Roundup, followed by Corey Branson with the Alum of the Week. Thank you, Jake, for taking us back. This is Liz Wang, and I'm here to bring you up to date with the latest in Thunderbird Athletics. Last week, from February 27 to February 28, the UBC swimming team held their second team trial of the season, the Oldham Brown Limited Swim Series. More than 70 events were held in two days, and some of the Olympic hopefuls were able to test their skills before heading to the Canadian Olympic trial, which has been pushed back to May 24th to 28th in Toronto. Unfortunately, due to the ongoing pandemic situation, the series was not open to the public. On a side note, good news for the swimmers. To accommodate the scheduled change of the Canadian Olympic Trail, Swimming Canada has requested the UBC Aquatic Centre to postpone the maintenance period from April to late May in order to help UBC athletes to prepare for the Summer Games. Another good news for the swimming team came in last week, on February 16th. As one saw Jessica DeGlau, a UBC Thunderbirds alumni who competed for the Maple Leaf at both the 1996 and 2000 Olympic Games, was inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame. Thicklau has won 29 medals against university competitions during her years at UBC. And on the international stage, she shone at both the Commonwealth Games and Pan American Games, including the 1999 Pan American Games in Winnipeg. 
There, she captured six total medals, including a games record-setting swim in the 200 meters butterfly of 2.09.64. Otherwise, it has been a quiet week for the UBC Thunderbirds. And next up, I will head to Corey Branson, who's going to introduce us to the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Thank you, Liz. Now it's time for the Thunderbird alum of the week. For those unfamiliar, we take a deep dive into the history books and tell you stories about UBC athletes from the past that left their marks inside and outside of their sports. We have no temporal restrictions, so you'll hear about Thunderbirds from the 1920s all the way up to the 2020s. Today, I'd like to highlight a colossus of the UBC athletics program in the 1950s. Ted Hunt arrived on campus in 1951 and, after joining the ski team, made a quick name for himself. He dabbled in cross-country and giant slalom, but his real gift was ski jumping. In his second year on campus, he earned a reputation as one of the foremost ski jumpers in the country, leading UBC to competitive clashes against larger programs south of the border and individually finishing second in the 1952 Canadian Championships. He would end up taking a year off of school in 1953 to travel with the Canadian ski team, culminating in an appearance at the Nordic Skiing World Championships in Sweden the following February. Hunt returned to campus in the fall of 1954 and decided to try his hand at varsity rugby as well, where he found similar success. By 1956, he had been named team captain, and not yet content with his full plate, he decided to join UBC's water polo team too. Hunt was also an active member of various intramural competitions. He was awarded the Golden Boy Trophy four times as top boxer on campus, while he once earned first place honors in breaststroke swimming. Already quite active in the pool, he took to diving as well, and he spent his summers honing his box lacrosse skills. Hunt graduated in 1957 with a Bachelor of Physical Education degree and was awarded the Bobby Gall Award for Excellence in Sport and Leadership. Though he had no gridiron football experience, the BC Lions, fans of his rugby prowess, inserted him into the team that summer. Hunt was then named CFL Rookie of the Year and British Columbia Athlete of the Year before returning to the team and winning Outstanding Canadian Player the following season. He only spent those two years with the Lions, moving on to lacrosse with the Vancouver Berards in the early 60s, where he won two Canadian championships in 61 and 64. Hunt earned master's degrees in each of those years as well, the first again in PE, the second a Master of Arts. He got his educational doctorate in 1976 and worked for the Vancouver School District for the next three decades. In retirement, he has published five books, three on the golf mastery of Ben Hogan. Hunt proved himself on campus and off of it, that he was a jack-of-all-trades and a master of all. His legacy is immense. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Taylor Goldblatt and Amelia Milne for coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, and Alan and Byron Wang. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great day rest of your day.